I'm good, my brother Brady. How's everything with you? Everything was good. Tell me you saw it on uh, on Saturday night, UVM and Yale. Catamounts down five points with 3.8 seconds to play. Came back and won. I was in the building. Tell me you saw it, Freddie. I did see it, but more importantly, what was it like being in the building to see something like that? It was the weirdest thing. It was like the weirdest and wildest thing I've ever seen, to be honest with you. So uh, Aaron Deloney hits a layup 65-62 with 3.8 seconds to play. And I rolled my mm-hmm. eyes. My dad was in town. I rolled my eyes and I go, what, did that help him cover the spread or something? Like I just made an off comment <laughs> like like there was no point in doing that because the game was over. And then all of a sudden, Freddie, offensive foul gets drawn on the inbounds pass and then you get the ball underneath your own basket. And you hit the game-winning shot and the foul. I'd never seen anything like it. You never, ever foul a three-point shooter in that situation. And if you're going to foul a three-point shooter in that situation, you make sure the ball never gets above his waist to put any doubt in the referee's mind. And I know certain coaches will have a different game plan when it comes to that, but my, I've been the firm believer. If you have a three-point lead and they're eight seconds or less than the clock, come and get this hug. You are not going to be in a position to tie that basketball game. And if you can't get close to the shooter to do that, then you can't foul him and really allow those kind of things to happen. It was insane. It was a lot of fun and UVM is going to be in action tonight against Northeastern and Freddie that's the uh, one of the games we're watching this week the other being the Patriots on Thursday night football God bless everyone's souls a Bailey Zappi Mitch Trubisky primetime game uh, what do you think what do you think of Zappi on Sunday uh, against the uh, against the Chargers in a shutout loss I didn't think anything. There was nothing to think about, to be completely honest with you, Brady, because you see a guy that is clearly, clearly overmatched. And I know Bill Belichick is trying to find that diamond in the rough like he was able to get lucky upon when Tom Brady was in the sixth round and Wes Walker and Julian Edelman and other guys like that. But come on now. In modern football, you cannot allow to tell your team that mess that we think Brady, Bailey Zappi, is the guy that should be the quarterback going forward. He's going to get another chance to do it again on Thursday when you have a Mac Jones in the first round. So I don't know what's going on with the Patriots, but he clearly, clearly showed that guy might be a second-string quarterback in the NFL with this team, with somebody else's team at best, because that guy has no business being in the field as a starting quarterback, no matter what team that is. My producer, Danny, went to that game, and I, I'm trying to create a GoFundMe to pay him back for his weekend reimbursement to that game. But uh, now I was thinking further. My college roommate went to Bills-Browns in 2009, 6-3. The Bills lost to Cleveland, and Derek Anderson went 2-17 for 17 for 23 oh. yards and a pick and won the game for Cleveland, and the Bills still lost. Freddie, what's the worst game you can remember being at? That's pretty darn close because I remember doing the NFL and ESPN radio and I said to myself, thank God I was not part of watching that foolishness in the building and paid money to see something like that. I think the worst game that I've ever been a part of was when, and this is something I was involved in, when we played against East Stroudsburg my junior year in football, we lost 63-20. to 20. You want to talk about a long bus ride, four and a half hours north back to Mansfield with a 63-20 to 20 burger upside your noggin. And believe me, they they clearly ran up the score, and I get it. You can do that when you're in that kind of position. You're in that kind of lead. But for me, that is the worst sporting event that I've ever been to, and I was a full, complicit partner in having that 63-20 to 20 game happen not in our favor but against us by East Stroudsburg back in 1985. I think I got beat by Oneonta State like 27-9 to 9, my freshman year of baseball. Yeah, twenty-seven to nine. Oh yeah. my, how many pitches? How many pitches did you guys go through? 
Uh, almost the entire staff, except for me. I was, I was in bad, I, I, I was in bad graces at that point. So I was, uh, I wasn't seeing, I wasn't seeing the mound. So I wasn't a part of that one. But I took it on the chin uh, a few other times in my college career. That is for sure. Um, I mean, that is one of the things you say to yourself. Thank God that the coach doesn't <laughs> like me enough to put me out there. Absolutely. So, man, I look at the Patriots and I think about it, Freddie. They're going to finish here with a top three pick, but right now they're in that number two spot. Are you in the Take a quarterback, no matter what uh, club, or are you thinking like, "Hey, we've seen what happened with Lance. We've seen what happened with Darnold. We saw what happened with Trubisky. Maybe the safer pick is Marvin Harrison." Well, that's a really good question. I, I've always been a big believer. If you believe you can get a quarterback that high in the draft that you believe, and you take a quarterback over a wide receiver, and that's not sliding. How terrific Marvin Harrison Jr. I believe is going to be in the National Football League, but you get an opportunity that you ta- have a chance to take a franchise quarterback, and you believe that guy's Caleb Williams, the quarterback out of USC, or Drake May out of North Carolina, or somebody else. You're not going to be in that position every time. You're hoping not to be in that position every time, but if you have an opportunity to take a guy that can really be that franchise franchise changer at quarterback, you can't all of a sudden say, well, wait to take a quarterback later on and hope to make him a star. Those days should be over when it comes to that line of thinking when it comes to the Patriots because even you draft Marvin Harrison Jr., he's going to be the Garrett Wilson of your football team because you won't have a quarterback that's going to be able to get him the football. And in the New York Jets case, they thought Aaron Rodgers was going to be that guy. Now they go got to go back to Zach Wilson once again. So if you have a chance to get a guy that you believe can be a franchise quarterback if he's that high on your draft board. You don't take a Marvin Harrison Jr. number two. You you take a quarterback at number two. Yeah, I agree with you as well. Uh, Freddie, you're more plugged into the college game than I am at this point here. I will be once kind of we get towards draft season, but we've heard a lot only about Caleb Williams and Drake May. What do we think about Jaden Daniels, this kid out of LSU? Could he be a guy who's in play for the Patriots that high? I tell you what, I don't know if he's going to be in play that high, but I think anybody that drafts him is going to get a steal because I think he is really, really good. And I know he has a slight frame, but it doesn't really matter if you can't catch him, the ball's out of his hands by the time you get close to him. And the NFL always bulks up guys and they'll make sure they have enough of that armor. But Jaden Daniels, man, boy, can he play. I'm a big, big fan. I don't know if he's going to go in the first round. If he does, it won't be that high. I could see him maybe being a late first round, early second round pick. But I think anybody that drafts that kid out of LSU, man. They're getting a steal because I think he's going to be really, really good at the next level. Freddie Coleman, ESPN Radio. Freddie and Harry with us here on the Brady Farkas Show on DEV. Freddie, Celtics are out of the in-season tournament. Lost a tough one against Indiana the other day. Uh, Gotta tell you, Freddie, it it took me a little while to warm up to the tournament. I wasn't sure when the games were, which game is a tournament game, which game isn't, who's in our Uh pool, what's our record. But once I started Uh to get to the knockout round or get to the last day of the the pool play, I really started to buy in. What have you thought of the in-season tournament so far? I thought it was a blast the minute I had a chance to see those games early on and just seeing how the players didn't check out and the fans in the buildings didn't check out. That says a lot for how many people wanted to see if this was going to work. And the minute they got a taste of it, it's okay, I want more, I want more, I want more. And how much fun was that game the other night between the Celtics and the Indiana Pacers? And believe me, if the NBA had their way, they'd be Bucks, Celtics on one side of the Eastern final and then the Lakers and anybody else on the other side. At least you got the Lakers and the Pelicans and you got Zion Williamson. But the fact that 
so many NBA players and NBA teams and NBA fans were buying in and paying close attention. The one common denominator, Brady, that I heard was, this needs to go. I didn't hear that. I heard what, what, what can we do to make this a little bit better because this is pretty cool. That has been a saving grace for the NBA because you never know how things are going to land. That landed properly from the jump and it got even more and more attention that people are being more invested in. And I can't wait to see exactly what that's going to look like the semifinals this week and then the championship final next week in Las Vegas and a winner-take-all situation. You know, I'm disappointed the Celtics are out of the in-season tournament. Ultimately, I know they have bigger fish to fry, so it's not the end of the world. But when you look at a team like Indiana, a team like New Orleans, a team that's younger, more ascending, up and coming, do you think this kind of thing can be a big kind of building block, jumping off point for a team like that? Well, it could be a building block for both of those teams, but also here's something else, Brady, on the other side. If you're the Boston Celtics, you're saying, man, that team's going to be really good. We better keep an eye, an eye on them. So it can't just be about Milwaukee. It can't be about Philadelphia because you may not see those teams until the second round. But you could have a first-round matchup with the Indiana Pacers. And as Tyrese Halliburton showed, he can go. And here they are, are a guy to deal with, whether he's got the ball in his hands or setting up the ball for other people so they can make those kind of plays. That, I think, has been a kind of a benefit with the in-season tournament because potential playoff matchups in the first round or the second round could possibly happen, and people got a chance to see that on a national level involving the playing games when it came to the knockout round. For a lot of people, they didn't have any idea how much Indiana Pacers may be the best-scoring team in the NBA. They got a pretty good look about that against the Boston Celtics. And if you're the Celtics, you can say, man, this is going to be a playoff-type atmosphere. We had a chance to deal with it. We could see this team again in seven games, potentially of this. It could kind of be kind of a precursor to, okay, what can we do to make sure that team that is on the come-up doesn't take our spot and continue to come up at the expense of us in the playoffs if we meet in the playoffs in the NBA? Fred, I'll get you out of here on this kind of an off thing here. Um I was listening to Chris Carlin yesterday on your network, and he was talking about Army-Navy coming up this weekend, and that's going to be played at Gillette Stadium. So uh, it's going to be a great kind of you know tie into what we're doing here. But as someone in yourself who has lived in New York a lot of your life, i got to ask you, have you ever been to a game at West Point? Because I'm putting it on my bucket list if I keep hearing how great it is. Carlin loved it. Have you been there? Oh, my goodness. I can't tell how many games I've been to Mikey Stadium at West Point because I used to work part of the Army Football Radio Network for Mm. three years. So I had a chance to be with the late Bob Outer, who's the play-by-play voice, and Dean Darling, who is still the color analyst, and he and Rich DeMarco do a fantastic job. But I tell people all the time, if you get a chance to go to Mikey Stadium, that should not just be a bucket list item. That should be an item that you want to go to a game each and every year, even if it's one game a year. And it's always one of the coolest places where you see the cadets and you see the, the, the candidates, the officer candidates supporting their team, but so many people rally around Army football. And the best time to go is right in October when the leaves are settling and their foliage is happening and it's got a great background in the back of that stadium comes to Mikey Stadium. It is one of the coolest, coolest places to see a football game. I don't care if Army's playing a Division Three opponent. Just being there at Mikey Stadium, it is worth the trip to go to West Point, New York and have a chance to be a part of history from the past with Army football and being a part of that by being at Mikey Stadium. Well, all right. It's on the list. It's on the list now. I got to do it in 2024. Freddie, you're the best. Be well. We'll catch up next week. Thank you. All the pleasure, Brady. Take care. God bless you, my